we get stuck between feeling secure and people pleasing versus what we know is right. And I know that you work with women in the workplace, so we can just talk about what happens when your workplace has has stopped aligning with your values or the boss speaks to you in a certain way that is not okay. And are you going to forego your security and not speak up for yourself and not say, no, I know what the right thing to do in your heart might be a certain action. Of course, I wouldn't know what the action would be, but then your, your decision based on fear is to not go ahead and do that. And you might mitigate your behaviors and your conversations so that you don't get a negative reaction from someone else, even if that means continuing to compromise yourself. Hello, and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf, and we're doing episode number three of the Archetype series. Now, if you've been catching us last week and the week before, you know that I'm doing something a little different for four episodes. We're talking about the survival archetypes, and today we're going to talk about the prostitute. I am here today with Carolyn Wallace, and she is an archetype consultant. She has amazing knowledge, and I want to give her a moment to introduce herself. But I want to tell you, if you're a person that thinks that you are full of integrity all of the time, you're going to want to listen to this episode because you might uncover something you didn't know about yourself. Carolyn, why don't you tell us about what you do? And yeah, we'll go from there. Okay. Hi, Jenea. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor to be here, especially for for four of these podcasts. So thank you. And the survival archetypes were created by Carolyn Mace. And I am a certified archetypal consultant through her program. It's a, it's a certification program that was born out of her book called Sacred Contracts. So if you want to learn more about these survival archetypes, I invite you to take a look at her book, Sacred Contracts. And the prostitute archetype is an archetype that some people might be a little triggered by the word prostitute, but I would just invite those folks who have a little bit of a hard time with that word, it's just understandable, but just take a listen 
to what we're going to talk about today to just see if there's any residents. If there's not, they're free to throw it out. And if there is, maybe we, they can take something away. Um, so I'm curious, before we dive into all of this, why do you work with the archetypes? I work with archetypes because I've always been interested in seeing the deeper level behind our behaviors and our thought patterns. And when you get really into this work, you wind up defining what are your personal 12 archetypes. That's what Carolyn Mace teaches us to do and to do for others once we become certified. And I've got archetypes in my chart called like the mystic and the healer and the mother and, and these archetypes. Oh, and the sage, I've got the sage archetype. Let's not forget that one. So when they work together, sometimes I feel like there's nothing else that really there was what there was for me to do with my life than to do this. It's just a fascination of, it's actually a, it's a transformational journey of when you have an archetype like the prostitute or any archetype, we tend to act out the shadow side of that archetype until we become conscious of what we're doing. So we're going to talk about a little bit more about the shadow side of the prostitute, but all of the archetypes that we inhabit have a light side too. And it's first, we have to become conscious of what we're doing, how we're behaving, how we're getting in our own way. And then every archetype has a path to start doing a little better, to start behaving with a little more consciousness. And then we begin to consciously create the lives that we want to have if we're paying enough attention. Just using using the archetypes we already have. Yes, I love that. And one of the things that that tells me is that it's okay to be you. <laughs> oh, it's actually just the right thing to be you. Right? Which is what Over being the wolf is all about. Yeah. And I know so many of us out there have these things where we feel like we're not good enough or we're doing it wrong. That's such a big one, doing it wrong. And we talk, we're going to talk about this prostitute archetype and we've talked about the child we've talked about the victim and on the next episode we will be talking about the saboteur and so these are parts of us that we all have to look out for because they are active and really prevalent when we're in survival mode and essentially, when we're in survival mode, we do not feel safe. Some part of us does not feel safe. And it's usually based on something from the past. And those of you that have been following me for a long time know I work, a, I do some work with the subconscious mind. And most of our, what we deem to be unsafe was figured out before the age of seven. Hmm. So because of that, a lot of these survival archetypes come out when we feel triggered of some similar incident of something that happened when we were young, like maybe feeling like we don't belong or feeling like somebody's going to abandon us. And these are very child feelings that come down to our survival. Like as an adult, we know it's okay. If somebody chooses to walk out of our life, we know that we're safe. We know this consciously, but deep down inside, emotionally, 
we have parts of us that feel like, oh, no, it's going to be the end of the world. I'll be all by myself. I'm four years old and I won't survive on my own. So what do I have to do to make this person come back? And and so it becomes the thing, how powerful that is. Right. So these patterns, these moments of feeling unsafe when we were young repeat themselves over and over and over until we can transform them into something different. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of what this transformational journey of the archetypes is. So the prostitute. Well, I know like we all, I say that word, you guys all have some image of either pretty woman or somebody standing on a street corner, (laughs) one or the other. And you think about these things where it's not okay to sell your body, but we're not just talking about your body. We're talking about going against what is true and right for you. That's right. So going against being the wolf. So tell us more. Tell us more. Well, the prostitute is linked with our self-worth. And when we have a strong sense of self-worth, we don't necessarily need to compromise our values. But as you were saying, when our childhood patterns get triggered, we might not even think for a minute that holding on to our values is more important than being safe in the moment. So, you know, we're talking about we get stuck between feeling secure and people pleasing versus what we know is right. And I know that you work with women in the workplace, so we can just talk about like what happens when you your your workplace has has stopped aligning with your values or the boss speaks to you in a certain way that is not okay, And are you going to forego your security? And not speak up for yourself and not say, no, I know what the right thing to do in your heart might be a certain action. Of course, I wouldn't know what the action would be. But then your your decision based on fear is to not go ahead and do that. And you might mitigate your behaviors and your conversations so that you don't get a negative reaction from someone else, even if that means continuing to compromise yourself. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, well, one of the things, too, that I think is really important to say, we talk about compromising your values, your integrity. But in my experience, most people have no idea what their values are. Well, that was the next thing I was just going to say. A lot of people don't even have their own opinions necessarily. So they don't even know what they should be standing up for at all. Yeah, because in that case, a lot of times it, their whole life has been about survival. That's right. It's so I have to be, and I'm sure you guys know this, let's put on the mask and be the corporate model, be the corporate Barbie doll. So since Barbie's all the uh, topic right now, mm-hmm. ramp one hair so I can play the role for a minute. So I can be the corporate Barbie doll and do it right, do it perfect, and just that'll be enough. And you just, you do that, you do that, you do that. and you know, at home, maybe you're a rock and roll punk rocker, <laughs> but at work, you're putting on this mask. And so in this 
by putting on that mask and being something other than your true self so that you can keep your job, so that you can make that money, it would it's a sense of prostituting yourself. You're sacrificing who you are for the sake of money. And so, and I can answer this question as well, what if people don't really know who they are? And that's part of what we're here to talk about. And I certainly can, can speak to that. But like, what, what would you advise if, if someone comes to you and says, I don't really know what my values are around that? You know, if I ask somebody the question, like, what are your values? Nobody knows. And very few people know. A lot of very successful people know because they've done the, done the work to figure this stuff out and it's how they keep themselves aligned. It's how they keep themselves focused. But the average person has no idea. So I just ask them, what's important to you in the context of career? Okay. Okay. And so they'll start to name some things like maybe it'll be cooperation, financial mm-hmm. security, Autonomy is a big one that a lot of people have. And and so they'll name these things and we'll make a list. We'll put them in the order. But the thing is, there's always hidden values. And this is where these survival archetypes really come in because there's always some hidden value. They're creating something in their life that they don't want. Their boss keeps talking down to them and it's driving them crazy. And it's because Maybe they're not standing up for themselves. So what is that? Or it's driving them crazy that nobody listens to them or takes them seriously. So what's that? So then we, what we start to realize is that there's a value of safety or a value of being needing to be heard. And those things are also important and but these come from these survival archetypes. These come from a wounded place. And when you're spending half your day trying to make sure that somebody hears you, and if they don't hear you, you're upset. It's really hard to live up to your other values. That's right. And so whenever you want to talk about the light side of this archetype, we can. I don't want to, I don't mean to jump ahead. But you can see just through the what, what you're saying, how all of the survival archetypes really do work together. And so that's why it's so important to keep in mind that there are ways out of staying in the shadow. There's yeah. a path forward. There's a path forward for all of these. If a prostitute archetype is something that you feel like, unfortunately, like we resonate with and it's a little bit hard to admit. And again, it has nothing necessarily to do with selling your body. It more has to do with your values and your sense of worth and what you're willing to stand up for. It all comes down to trust and faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. So the light side of the prostitute archetype, we call her the guardian of faith. And you don't just jump to the guardian of faith. You don't just say, oh, I'm just going to have faith in myself. It's a process. If you spent your whole life not really knowing what your values are and not having faith in yourself, it's not like you can just flip the switch and say, okay, I'm going to do that. But what are the steps? Who are you going to work with? Maybe get a good therapist or, or a good coach and work with developing the faith in yourself so that you can notice when these things are happening. You can start to identify the patterns in real time as they're occurring. And you can start to say, I'm going to take a deep breath and make a different decision now. 
And there is just such a tremendous amount of courage and growth that can come from working with patterns like these. We can become entirely new people with so much more confidence in ourselves. Well, in that piece about being the prostitute, right? So if you're if you're playing that role, so you're people pleasing, you're making sure everybody else is okay because you don't even know, you might not even know what you want. <laughs> and you start in you probably aren't even upset by any of this until you start to have a stronger sense of your own values. Because when you don't have a strong sense of your own worth or values, it's just okay to take care of everybody yeah, else. Good point. That's a good point. Some self-awareness has to be there to even notice the pattern and to yeah. decide that you want change. That's that's right. I mean, I spent most of my life in this place because the way I grew up, and, and I think some people can resonate with this, is especially if your caregiver said one thing and did another. <laughs> Very confusing for children. Then you had to try and become, then you had to become very empathic because how they were emotionally is going to be a greater indication of what's going to uh, actually occur. So if you can figure out what they want, their what their emotions are by being empathic, then you can predict what's, the actual real thing to do. So you begin to develop this mindset of if I make sure they're okay emotionally, then I will be safe. Right. And right. so when that pattern starts when you're young, it, it filters into everything. You never tend to even think about yourself because everybody, everything around you has to be okay for you to feel safe enough to even think about yourself. You have to put such a tremendous amount of effort into being safe. And for the children who grew up that way, I would say good for them. They survived their childhoods. They did a great job, right? They, they did it well. They're here now. And now as adults, it's time to look at those patterns and say some of this or a lot of this doesn't serve me anymore. Like I've gotten this far, great. I've survived my childhood, good for me. Now, what do I want to create with the rest of my life? What do I want to step into now? What do I want to move toward? And so what are some of these old patterns that just don't serve? We have to think of new ones, new ways of being, new ways we want to be. And one of the biggest ways to do that is to start to develop some of your own identity and some of your own trust in yourself. And I love this idea of understanding, okay, the prostitute side of me or people pleaser side of me is going to move to the guardian of faith. Is that what it is? Yep. And so having this mindset that you have a road of where you're going is very powerful because if you don't know where you're going, you're just going to go all over the place. And what I've seen, too, in the work that I do, it's like we work with these opposite, these two opposite parts. <laughs> and we go and we go from one side to the other. It's like this part is doing this over here and this part's trying to balance out it over here. But you so you have these really wide swings of behavior, which is not always so supportive. 
But the beautiful thing is, you all, as you as we <laughs> as you have experienced the need to use these archetypes to survive, you develop superpowers. So I'm empathetic. I can feel what somebody's feeling without even trying. It's real easy for me. I also had to learn how to draw boundaries and how to not dip into what everybody else is feeling because that is the boundary violation as well. But I can use that easily in my work. I can use it in having a conversation when I need to understand more clearly when somebody's maybe not articulating something very well. There are so many really powerful uses for that that maybe somebody that didn't have that same background wouldn't be as skilled as. Of course. course. And when you transform them, you get to keep the superpowers. And don't forget that we're all human and we will always go back the the we will always go back to default sometimes. So it's not that we don't go back there sometimes. It's how quickly can we notice it? How quickly can we get out? That's why working with an archetypal consultant or a coach can be so important because if you work with someone on this stuff, you can work together with your coach or a consultant to create a path for when you do wind up in the defaults. There's a path that you can follow, that we can create together for how you will get out. And the quicker you do that, the more practice you'll get at it. It becomes a much faster thing until it maybe at some point it won't even, you won't even have to go all the way down into the default at all. You'll catch yourself on the way down. So it just becomes a practice of how you're going to be in the world. Noticing, practicing, paying attention. Journaling can help with this. Creating an intention for how you want to be in the world. And then the more you practice what your intention for how you want to be in the world is, we talked about this a little bit last time, the more quickly you can notice when you're not being that, when you're not carrying the energy of that. Oh, wait a minute. I've fallen really far from the the intention that I had. And, and then that becomes your cue that something has to shift. You just take a few minutes, take a few deep breaths. And with practice, you can shift it quickly. Yeah. So tell me more about the guardian of the faith. Well, how does she hold herself? How does she, or for the men, how does he hold himself? That's right. That's right. It, it encompasses everyone. So the guardian of faith first has to forgive him or herself for the past mistakes that were born out of fear and provide compassion to themselves for that. I mean, that's what Carolyn, Carolyn Mace is all about. The, the, the highest light side of these archetypes, we hold it all. We encompass it all. So it could be that we behaved in some ways we haven't been proud of. The guardian of faith can hold that. She's got, she's got space for that. He's got space for that. Right. And, but then it's getting clear about what your values are as much as you can and trusting yourself that if you didn't take the, the path for safety, like you were saying. So, so what if there was an angry person? This is just an example in your presence. And you didn't do the thing to try to make them feel better and put all of your energy in trying to shift that person's mindset and put more of your energy into faith that you can keep yourself safe. You can handle this situation. You can let them behave the way that they need to behave. You don't need to jump in and try to moderate their behavior. What if you just had faith that you could just keep yourself safe right now and you could say the things that you need to say right now? And maybe you could actually provide some kind of equanimity in the situation that would help. 
that's how the guardian of faith will operate. That is powerful. So I think this story kind of relates. So I remember when I was kind of starting to unwind the gaslighting of my childhood. And and I just want to say for the record out there, when people gaslight, most of the time they're very they're unaware of it. They are feeling something emotionally and they need to quickly make it something outside of them instead of something inside of them. And so they will blame you. They will make up stories. And and most people are unaware that they're doing it because it happens so fast. It's an automatic reaction. So anyway, I was unwinding this. And, you know, as as we do, we get really mad at the peer person. Like, oh, my God, that person is making me feel like I'm crazy. Like, I don't even know. And eventually what starts to happen, hopefully, if you're really wanting to transform and get out of this place, is then you start to realize like, oh, but why didn't I trust myself right enough to trust that what I knew to be true to be true? And so then get angry at yourself. <laughs> of course. Of course. You're like, oh my God, I was gaslighting myself. That's right. And then hopefully you let yourself feel those emotions. You punch the couch if you need to. You yell, you scream, whatever you need to do to get the emotions to move through you. And then you can come to forgiveness. You can be like, well, mm-hmm. I was seven years old. How was I supposed to know? And then, and then, so if I were just going to, you don't even have to answer this, but I would ask anyone listening, if you were going to put on, for example, the mantle of the guardian of faith, just for your own personal thought, how would that person stand? If you were going to embody the guardian of faith, how would she stand? How would she conduct herself? How would she uh, communicate with someone who's behaving in a t- childish way, like gaslighting or tantruming or something? How would, she, how would she hold herself? How would she feel inside? What kind of confidence would she carry? And so, yes, you do need to forgive yourself for all the times in the past that we did not behave in this way. But then try on this new thing and see if you can make it a habit. In every situation, how would the guardian of faith behave? What would that mean to you? And that's, that's what an archetypal consultant would, would help people to define for themselves, which could be different for every person. Right. So when you find yourself like, maybe you tell a little white lie because you want somebody to think you're good or something like that, but you do it because you feel like you're a little unsafe, whether you think they might leave you, they might not like you, whatever it might be. Fear, the white lie would have been based on fear instead of right. a place from love, yes. Right, so then putting yourself in this body that has boundaries, that has a, a malleable, in my mind, I'm thinking a malleable force field, right? Let's good things in, keeps bad things out. And you are the keeper of your safety. Yes, I like that. Yes. And just as when we talked about the child archetype, you are the sovereign of your life. And you get to decide 
you get to decide how you feel in a certain moment. If there's someone that's attempting to gain power by making you feel that you have less power, they can do that. They can certainly do that. Are you going to, are you going to, to sign up and say, yes, I'll, I'll go along with that program? Or are you going to say, that person's not going to dictate how I feel in this moment? I feel fine about myself. I know I can hold my boundaries. I know I can protect myself. And I know that I'm a good person. I'm not buying into that story. Well, and a big piece of this really is, I mean, I think this might be, of all the archetypes, it might be the one most closely related to being the wolf. Because the more you are confident and true about who you are, the easier it is, and, and accepting of who you are, the easier it is to not slide into that prostitute archetype or that I'm going to sell my soul for whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a very important message. It's a very important message for people everywhere. But I think especially women right now need to hear that. And the more we can bolster each other and support each other to stay in our faith and our confidence and what's true to us, the better our world will be. Well, it really bring, it makes me think a lot about identity. Mm -hmm. And of course, identity is part of this, the archetype thing. But I know in the work that I do that I uncover every single person that I work with every single one, they have parts of themselves that feel like they're not enough, not capable, that they're bad. And, you know, some people have more parts of them that feel that way than others. Some have, they're stronger, maybe more in the forefront or deeper in the shadow. But those are false identities, you all. They're not true. They were born of stories you made up before you had an understanding of anything. They were born because somebody on the playground didn't like you. They were born because your mom was busy at a moment when you wanted her attention. They were born because you got lost in a grocery store. Now, some of these things are small, but to a child that's three or four years old, it's really big. And their mind still thinks that the world is about them. They don't really understand that other people have things going on too. And so in those moments, they think like this must be because the mind needs to understand why, right? That's the biggest question kids ask, why? <laughs> They need to understand why this has happened. And because they think everything is about them, and most parents don't know how to explain to a child why this happened, the child decides it must mean that I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. They don't love me. And so many people carry this identity with them through their whole life. And when you feel like you're not good enough as a child, you feel like you will be thrown out. And if you're thrown out, you know at an instinctual level you will not survive. So it is life and death. So when we prostitute ourselves or people please or 
do things like that, it is literally to our nervous system, life and death. So when you catch yourself in this behavior and you need to move to the guardian of faith and decide that you are the keeper of your safety, be gentle Mm -hmm. because that part of you, that fear is really life and death. Even though to an adult mind, it seems illogical, but your nervous system doesn't know the difference between the fear of the child and the fear of the adult. And I think you have to take some steps with be gentle and be courageous. Mm -hmm. Be gentle, yes. And when you bump up to the edge of how much courage you can have, it's time for more gentleness. And then continue to step forward. Just because things are scary doesn't mean you're done. The courage, the guardian of faith will will support you if you write to her. If you sit down and write a journal entry and write to the guardian of faith and embody her and embody what you will feel like, she will become more active in your life. And write to her and say, I need more courage for this thing. I need more courage for this thing. And you talk to people, you talk to your therapist, you talk to your coach, you talk to your archetypal consultant, and you create a plan for courage, right? It takes tremendous courage until you know that you can trust yourself, that your values are in alignment with your actions. And that's what takes a lot of courage. Just because it's scary doesn't mean that that's not what we're supposed to go toward. That will bring up tremendous freedom and much more happiness and better relationships and just a better place to stand in ourselves as we move forward in the world. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Can you think of a story of in your life where you moved from the prostitute to the guardian of faith? Probably about a hundred of them. <laughs> I think, did I talk about, I think in another podcast, we talked about leaving my marriage. Right. I think we talked about that one. I don't want to bore people. But there's lots of reasons for a woman to go to be a little bit frightened or live in fear about leaving a, a marriage where there's some sense of financial security yeah. to doing it on her own with, with two kids in tow. Really, really scary. So I don't blame anyone for having fear or, or delaying that decision. If, of course, that decision needs to be made, it doesn't have to be made for everyone. But so when you are not making a move based on fear, what you want to do is not sabotage everything and say, oh, I'm just going to put my fear aside and go do this crazy thing without good planning, without support, without friends, without like an actual good plan in place, but put the plan in place. Take the time it takes to put your plan in place and then make sure you're always moving toward the goal of aligning your values with your actions. And over time, you will get there. It might not happen overnight. I don't want to tell women with kids that they need to leave their marriage right now because they're not, you know, like we need a plan, but you don't want to fall into the saboteur archetype, which is what we're going to talk about, you know, next. But, but also just staying stagnant isn't going to get you forward. It isn't going to move you forward. It isn't going to get you uh, more happiness. It isn't going to, to help you really align with your highest version of yourself. And that's what we're really here to do. Right. So I'm, I totally just thought of this thing. So, you know, 
in in the past, typically for women, they needed a husband to survive for the most part. You could have a teacher job or a secretary job, make barely enough money to get by, but you could never really thrive. So the way to have a good life was to find a good man and marry him. Mm -hmm. And so this is very much sort of a prostitute kind of uh, behavior. And granted, the society made it real hard to do anything else and have a good life because women were not even allowed to have credit cards until 1974 with their own name on them. And I think it was in the 60s that they could have their own bank account with their own name on it. But it wasn't until that law passed where they could have the credit card in 1974 that they could have a bank account completely separate with zero signature of their husband. So they had zero financial autonomy. And so what has happened, though, women have fought for their rights and they have they have the right to work in the workplace. But these patterns are still there. In fact, they are so deep that the top five professions for women today is the exact same top five professions for women in 1950. Sale clerks, nurses teachers, and I think retail Mm -hmm. uh, or tellers, something like that. But so you've got to think if that programming is still in there. And then here we go into the workforce. Now, most families these days, I think, are probably two income families, at least for part of the time. And so you've got the women in the workforce. But wouldn't you know it? that women will stay in a terrible job longer than men. And if you think about this programming of you do not have your own autonomy to leave your husband, who is your financial security, and that's the pattern that's, you know, we're going back to like two generations ago, not very far, less than 100 years, like 50 years, only 50 years ago. And... So you've got that. And then now we go into the workforce. We have our autonomy for financial security. But yet that pattern still persists that we will suffer and prostitute ourselves, so to speak, for the money, for the financial security. So you're saying if women feel like if they make a move to better to better themselves, that that's a form of prostitution, that's an unconscious program? No, what I'm saying is the habit. I'm so glad that you said that, though, because if somebody else was thinking that, there's the opportunity to clear it up. What I'm saying is the habit of staying somewhere for is still programmed deeper into women than it is to men. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, that's one of those things that I think our gender in general, because of our history, has a harder time to overcome that prostitute piece than maybe some other people. Got it. Very well said. Thank you for bringing that up. And it doesn't mean 
that change can't happen, right? Oh, and it can happen. <laughs> and when bringing the awareness to it, when you start to think about it in the terms of, oh, this is like staying with the terrible husband for financial security, staying in this terrible job for financial security or the benefits or whatever, mm-hmm. it just puts a different mindset to it. It allows you to think about, okay, what must I do to create security within me, the safety within me to become the guardian of the faith? Oh, that's so beautifully said. Yes. And then that journey of becoming that, of doing what you just said, is is what is going to create the courage itself. I mean, and it's such a big piece of why... These days I'm working with women to enjoy the job that they have right now so that you can transform all of this stuff, be okay where you're at. And if you want to, you have the strength and the courage and the faith Mm -hmm. step to the next thing. Wow. It's the, it's the step-by-step plan that I was talking about earlier. Lovely. Yeah. Good. So tell me, let's tell everybody how they can work with you. You can find me at yourradiantlife.net or email me at carolyn at yourradiantlife.net. Also, you can find me on Facebook at Your Radiant Life with Carolyn Wallace. And I offer even one, one session at a time now if people want to just say, I really have a question about how this prostitute archetype is working in my life. I want to just do one session with Carolyn. We can set that up and do that. Awesome. I'm going to ask you some more questions <laughs> before we sign up. But I want you all to know that if you are looking to feel good at work now, right, we want that. And we want to set ourselves up to stop feeling like we are selling our soul for the safety and the security. Let's have a conversation. We'll have a call. We'll figure out what's working for you, what's not working for you. And if it seems like you'd like to see what my program has to offer, we'll talk about that. You can do that at elevatebookacall.com. So you guys open up your browsers right now, type in elevatebookacall.com and type in yourradiantlife.net. Sign up for the newsletters, sign up for the calls, get a one-off session, or you also have a 90-day Program. program. Yes, I do. And I welcome anyone to to come join it. I think sometimes what people want to do is just get a taste of the work before they they get a jump into a 90 day program. So that's totally fine. Okay. So my question for you before we sign off here is, you know, if you think back to a point in your life when you were sort of selling your integrity and your values for safety and security, What did you need to know then that might have led you to the guardian of faith faster? Wow, that's a great question. What did I need to know then? That as we mature, as we mature, things, at least for my life, 
things will change. As we get older, we, we start to become, like you said, more aware of ourselves. And then all of a sudden, our eyes are a little bit more open to, wait a minute, this actually really isn't working for me. And so the maturity was going to come along and, and help you decide, no, I really do actually have opinions. And I really actually do have values about this. I think it just takes time. Like we're as young women, it just sometimes we don't have that as much as we would like to. And we develop that as we're older. Sometimes it's just about evolution. But the other thing is that now that we're aware of the survival archetypes, thanks to Carolyn Reese, you can do as much reading about them as you would like and start to try on some of the light sides of these archetypes. And that's maybe something that I wish I had known to do back 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But that map to where you're going because we feel all this stuff inside and we know we want to feel better but we don't know what that is like we don't have a concept of what that is like we're probably not aware of our values we're not the wolf yet we don't know who we're born to be yeah we're sort of flailing and if you don't know where you're going, <laughs> every road is going to lead you nowhere. So I love that idea of knowing the light and the dark of these archetypes because it gives us a map of where to go. Right. Of how to feel, what to try on. And then you start to notice when you're not feeling that way. And that you start to notice, oh, a shift has to happen now because right. I'm not feeling my full guardian of faith. It's good. I like the word map. Yeah, it's that we've got to know where to go. And that's such a big piece of moving forward and evolving. Wonderful. Well, those of you who are watching, we're going to be back in a minute with talking about the saboteur. <laughs> And those of you who are listening, we have one more episode, The Saboteur, coming up next week. And I can't wait. And I hope you will join us. Thank you, Carolyn, for being here. And remember, everybody, when we feel good about who we are and what we do, we create joy and elevate humanity. Thank you, Janaya. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.